everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is February 21st. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block, and we're going to jump into 2 Nephi chapter 9. 2 Nephi chapter 9 is one of the longest chapters in the Book of Mormon, and it is a continuation of this speech that Jacob is giving to the people. Oftentimes we call this Jacob's discourse at the temple because he's been speaking to them quoting from Isaiah, teaching them about the gathering of Israel through the words of Isaiah. And now here in chapter 9, he's going to begin his own discourse here with his own words. And what he's going to say here, in my opinion, is one of the most complete and beautiful discourses that we have ever received on the atonement of Jesus Christ. It is absolutely breathtaking. And I hope as you study it, you come to know your Savior more and you come to see him for all that he's done and the mercy of our Father in heaven for providing us with the Savior. So let's jump into this chapter. We'll take a couple days here because like I said, it's really long, but it's also very, very beautiful. Starting in verse three, Jacob says, behold, my beloved brethren, I speak unto you these things. So what are the these things that he's been speaking? He's been speaking to them about the gathering, about God in his mercy, restoring the church and gathering people in to a knowledge of truth. And he says, I speak these things that, remember the word that in the scripture tells us so that, he spoke these things so that ye may rejoice and lift up your heads forever because of the blessings which the Lord God shall bestow upon your children. So he's saying, I want you to understand that God is going to gather in, he's going to restore truth and gather in all of his children. He's going to try to restore everyone to a knowledge of the truth. And I'm telling you this so that you can rejoice in the great things that God does. Now, what's beautiful is that he sees the atonement of Jesus Christ and the resurrection as kind of a central part of this gathering. Oftentimes when we think of the gathering, we think only of missionary work and baptism and bringing people to truth. But he is going to continue this discourse on the gathering by speaking about the atonement of Jesus Christ and his resurrection which I absolutely love. So for the next couple of verses, he's going to expound upon the fall of Adam and Eve, which is really interesting because I feel like in a lot of Christian denominations, the fall of Adam and Eve is seen as almost a frustration to the plan of God. Like everything would have been perfect had Adam and Eve not fallen. And I'm so grateful for modern day revelation and for additional scripture that we know and we understand that the fallen Adam and Eve was not a frustration to God's plan. It's not like he was up in heaven and he saw Adam and Eve fall and he went, oh no, now what am I going to do? Now how am I going to save my kids? But the fall was always part of that plan. And that God prepared a way to reach out and to save and to gather in his children in spite of that fall. Knowing that the fall was going to happen, he prepared a way for us to return to him again. And that way was Jesus Christ. Verse six says, for his death hath passed upon all men to fulfill the merciful plan of the great creator. There must needs be a power of resurrection. So he's saying death was always part of God's merciful plan. And because it was part of his merciful plan, he prepared a way through the atonement of Jesus Christ for a resurrection 
to happen. I love that Jacob starts this out, this teaching on the resurrection, by saying that he's teaching us these things so that we can rejoice. My friends, when we think of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our heart should swell with rejoicing because the Savior experienced the most permanent and the most final destruction and sadness that anyone can experience. And yet he overcame that and he overcame it to give you and I the opportunity to do the same. And because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, our sorrows and our sadnesses, our disappointments and our losses never have to be permanent. In one of the most beautiful talks about this called Sunday Will Come, Elder Worthland said, I think that of all the days since the beginning of the world's history, Good Friday was the darkest, but the doom of that day did not endure. Each of us will have our own Fridays, those days when the universe itself seems shattered and the shards of our world lie littered about us in pieces. We will all experience those broken times when it seems that we can never be put back together again. We will all have our Fridays. But I testify to you in the name of the one who conquered death, Sunday will come. In the darkness of our sorrow, Sunday will come. I love the hope of the atonement of Jesus Christ, the hope of the resurrection. Jacob goes on in verse 7 and he says, Wherefore it must needs be an infinite atonement. Save it should be an infinite atonement. This corruption could not put on incorruption. Wherefore the first judgment which came upon man must needs have remained to an endless duration. And if so, flesh must have laid down to rot and to crumble to its mother earth to rise no more. Oh, the wisdom of God and his merciful grace. So Jacob is saying here that there had to have been an infinite atonement. And if it weren't for an infinite atonement, not just an atonement, but an infinite atonement, that we would have been subject to death. Our bodies never would have raised again, but that God in his infinite mercy and grace had a plan to protect us against that. And that was the infinite atonement of Jesus Christ. I love the word infinite there. In Latin, the word infinite means not finished. And in English, it means extending indefinitely. How does that apply to the atonement of Jesus Christ in your life? It can be so easy to look at the atonement of Jesus Christ, to look at what the Savior did and think, well, yeah, it's done. In fact, Christ on the cross said, it is finished. But he didn't say, I am finished. The atonement of Jesus Christ is not finished because it continues to work every day in our lives. It is not finished because every single day of our lives we have access to it to continue to change us and to heal us and to make us more. His grace, his mercy, his enabling power is not finished in your life as long as we continue to use it. And then in English, when it says that infinite means extending indefinitely, I love that because there is no point when the atonement of Jesus Christ runs out for you. There is no point in which God is up in heaven tallying the scores and saying, whoa, 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 enough atonement for you. You've used up your allotted portion. The atonement of Jesus Christ is not finished. There's no end point, which means it can extend forever. Every single day of our lives, we can continue to change. We can continue to repent. 
we can continue to be made whole because Christ is not done. He is not done working for you. He is not done saving you. He is not done reaching out in his infinite grace and mercy. He is not finished in your life. Let him continue to work, to save, and to heal. My friends, that is the plan of God. So yes, the fall was part of the plan. Death is part of the plan. Sin is part of the plan. God knew that we were going to make mistakes. He knew that we were going to mess up. And so central to the plan, not just part of the plan, but central to God's plan is the atonement of Jesus Christ, which heals us from all the effects of the fall. It heals us from the pain. It heals us from the hurt. It heals us from death, and it heals us from our own mistakes and sins. The atonement of Jesus Christ is central to the plan, and that is the gift that our Father in heaven gave us, a way to escape, a way to rise up, a way to be better. So it makes sense that throughout this entire discourse, Jacob continues to praise God for the gift of his son. Listen in verse 8. Oh, the great wisdom of God and his mercy and grace. Verse 10. Oh, how great the goodness of our God that prepareth the way. Verse 13. Oh, how great the plan of our God. Verse 17. Oh, the greatness and justice of our God. Verse 19. Oh, the greatness and mercy of our God. Verse 20. Oh, how great the holiness of our God. Jacob praises God because he understands that God in his infinite love blessed us with an infinite atonement so that we could be healed and that we could be saved. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.